It's a bitch hunt. 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 Alright, Jacob. Let's hear it. Yeah, you were you were learning a little bit about Alex Jones, huh? Yeah, so we we all know Alex Jones. Uh, he's a real piece of shit. Uh, conspiracy theorist. Uh, human refuse. Human refuse. Uh, one of Luke's neighbors. Yeah, yeah. it's kind of crazy how he lives right next door to Luke. Well, yeah. under, he's in the apartment beneath me. He he uh, lives in Ken's Donuts. Yeah, <laughs> that's so weird. That, that explains gotta, a lot. <laughs> That's why he looks the way he looks. That's just he constantly looks like, eating Ken's donuts. Looks like a human donut. You got to make sure to just like stomp a bunch um, on the floor so that you can disturb him. And yeah. is is the whole Infowars set down there in Ken's donuts? It is. Yeah, but you could really interrupt his recording. He thrives on the stomping. So uh, yeah, I feel like that would just that would play right into his white hot rage. It's like a, a an eternal drumbeat of doom. <laughs> um, but, rip his shirt off when he hears it. <laughs> anyway, this this story that I was listening to uh, on This American Life, shout out to that. Um, even though it is kind of another podcast, and we're not supposed to give respect to other podcasts. It started out as a radio show, and it's just one of the the best series. Period. In in the world, I listen every single week, and uh, but you don't have to listen because Jacob listens every single week. You you can just hear his summary of it from us. <laughs> yes, uh, I, every episode from now on, I'll just be summarizing the episode of This American Life that I listen to. Um, that's not true, but what is true is I, I listened to it this week, and it was about uh, Alex Jones. A lot of it was about Alex Jones and the way that he kind of got his start. So apparently there's uh, this story that he tells as his origin story. Uh, He claims that when he was in high school, uh, he was at a party and saw some cops selling drugs to a bunch of students. Um, And then soon after that, there was an assembly at the school and those cops were like a, a big part of the assembly. And it was like one of those dare things where they talk about how Drugs are are not cool, and uh, you know you shouldn't do drugs mm. and that kind of thing. So he's saying and that really, <laughs> that really. Well, well, are you saying that that was a, a an insight, a, an, a seminal instance for him? It it really peeled back the curtain, exactly. Part of the kimono of life, like, you know. Oh, everything is corrupt. Exactly, because this local police department is corrupt. Everything <laughs> in the world is corrupt, and I must make it my goal in life to expose. Uh, all the you know covert drug dealers, lizard That's people, fucking wild man, and like it, chemicals it, in the water. But the thing is, the story is complete bullshit. Like he, he oh, he just made it up. He made it up a hundred percent. Like they interviewed a bunch of people that went to high school with him. They interviewed like coaches and teachers that he had, and not a single one said that that had actually happened. And over the course of the episode, it came out that what had actually happened. So, so I mean, one of the big major points in his life that isn't disputed is that. He grew up in Dallas and moved away and moved to Austin uh, at some point during high school. And he says it's because he had uh, exposed this undercover cop ring of of drug deals and uh, be, no longer felt safe living in, in Dallas because he thought the police were on to him and he was basically forced to leave. 
as it comes out over the course of the episode, this story isn't true. And another story emerges um, that is basically he was, uh, well, at first it seems like there's, it's had something to do with a fight uh, and it had something to do with him getting the snot beat out of him. And so apparently a student or something. Yeah. So another story that kind of emerged uh, from somebody who worked with Alex Jones was that he had gotten cornered at a party and uh, beaten up by a bunch of, a bunch of other kids uh, for no reason whatsoever. And this was kind of like the alternative theory uh, that was not the theory of the drug bust or the drug deal, drug dealing cops and that kind of thing, because they determined that that was completely made up. And so this was kind of a pivot that was made by people that worked for him and supported him was that he had gotten beaten up and uh, decided to, his family decided to leave because, because of this and he had been a victim and, and all this. Turns out that's not true either. <laughs> third um, time's a charm. <laughs> third time's the charm, sort of. Well, I, I guess I shouldn't say that it's not true because the it rest is, of this episode is you're just gonna list off the like thirty extra stories that <laughs> Alex well, Jones exactly. had to tell. How did you know? Well, um it, yeah, in interest of keeping our episodes cleaner and shorter, which we've been trying to do, I'm gonna ramble on in the intro. Uh basically the the real story is he uh completely uh lost it in school and beat one of his friends unconscious jesus christ um because of like some dispute over a girl or something and he just like went completely batshit um which he was wont to do he apparently when he was a, a high school student and even earlier would like run around the halls uh saying that he was satan and like jeez dye his tongue black and and uh, well, like roll his eyes back in his head i mean who who among us hasn't dyed sure. our tongue black and claimed that we were satan i mean the answer is none of us but none of us so far be it for us to criticize that part of his life but the part of his life where he beat his friend up so badly that he uh went unconscious and had to go to the hospital and like has lingering uh brain trauma not so great so it turns yeah, out seriously. that's what that's what happened. Two friends of his friend uh, did corner him at a party and did uh, beat him up because of the fact that he beat up his friend. But he apparently had this reputation as being like a sort of insane and like always having conspiracy theories saying he was the devil um, and claiming, yeah, claiming he was Satan and just like being a, a, a real, a real strange person and also was just a huge bully in general. And so what happened at the party was basically a couple of people just kind of getting back at him, you know, take for that, whatever you will. Uh, but that's, that's the actual story of, of kind of how Alex Jones uh, became the paranoid conspiracy minded uh, purveyor of complete bullshit that he is today. Well, that's uh, the thing. Like, I, I think that it, it must be said that, at least my understanding of Alex Jones is this motherfucker knows exactly what he's doing. Like he does not actually have like, like running around like Satan or whatever, like might give one the idea that he has some sort of serious, lack of agency or something. Or I mean, like serious he, mental could, illness. he could, he could certainly have mental health problems and far be it from me to, uh, you know, cast aspersions uh, based cast on that cast aspersions based on that but yeah. exactly but but he is completely aware of i mean he's a con man like he's he's totally yeah. grifting oh, totally. the people that he's he's 
purveying these conspiracy theories to. Yeah, he's making hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars from selling scam products, basically. And I mean, that's that's one of the main reasons for this for the show that he has. Um, and the fact that uh, the president of the United States is a big fan of his and has called in in the past and consistently repeats uh, these conspiracy theories and, you know, all the, the hateful things from the, you know, the Sandy Hook shooting being faked to the falsehood that Alex Jones repeats all the time about how there are Muslim uh, terrorist training camps in the United States and how there are Muslims celebrating in the streets of New Jersey after 9-11, which is something that Donald Trump said. Um, it's it's just a real, it's a real sad state of affairs. It's a real yeah. conspiracy. But I, It's I, a real conspiracy. I mean, the fact of the matter is there is something about conspiracy theories in general that resonates throughout the zeitgeist. No doubt. People want to latch onto them. No doubt. And that is why... We're going to pitch conspiracy-themed films this week. Um, yeah, Because there is an audience are. for them, and hopefully ours will be a lot less irresponsible and malicious than anything that Alex Jones puts out there. Let, let us just say here at the front, we do not condone any people acting in any way on anything that we say in this podcast unless... It's sending these ideas to Hollywood producers so that they can be turned into films. <laughs> I want to say right up front, my conspiracy is absolutely real. It's 100% real. But, 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 don't hurt anyone. Don't come after anyone because of it. All right? Just believe it. Uh, put Kick a few beers back and lord it over your friends that you're woke and they're not, you know? But but don't. That's really what believing in don't conspiracy go out, theories yeah. is all about. It's, it's all about feeling superior right. to people and calling everyone else sheeple. That's you yeah. know. Open your fucking eyes, man. That, that's the, the wool's one, pulled over. That's the one thing that I will condone is listeners going around calling people sheeple. Yeah, I want every listener to call at least five people sheeple in the next week. That's your. That's goal. our assignment for you. <laughs> that's our assignment. Pick out the sheeple in your life and call them sheeple. Just leave yeah. it at that. Don't and if you don't farther. do that, you're a snowflake. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so who's going first this week? I think it's me. All right, so, all right, Luke. Picture this. Yes, <sighs> we're in a small office. Got the Venetian blind set up, black and white. Total film noir vibes. All right, I'm in it. We're in the offices of Spectre and Domino, mm. who are two <laughs> private investigators. Yeah, they are. Oh, man. The camera close up on you, Domino, one of the two partners. Okay. As there's a knock on the door. Can I do, a, can I do some Foley work right here? Yes, please. All right. I hope my computer's okay. He, he says hello. <laughs> Come on in. By the way, you Domino is played by Jason Statham. Oh, oh nice. <laughs> He's gruff. Oh. He's got that lovely British accent. And that in lovely, steps yeah. uh, Haley Atwell from okay. Captain America and uh-huh. Agent Among Carter. She plays Peggy Carter things. in the Marvel Universe. Yes, she does. So she steps in wearing a tight dress. 
Mm. As the typical <laughs> femme fatale does. Sure. She sure. moseys on over, showing a lot of cleavage. Can I just say that she's a great pick for like an old school movie? She's got that classic old school beauty look about her. She does, and like a, a what's Jess- the color palette Jess- in this movie? Jessica is it? Rabbit vibe. It's it's black and white. It's high contrast <laughs> noir. So you're not style. saying there's no there's no red flashes of red in there, Sin City style. <laughs> no, I I want to try to avoid any connection to Sin City. <laughs> was Sin City red or was it yellow? It was just random color flashes, I think. Were, oh, okay. Were oh, okay. But none of that. But anyway, she moseys on over and, and seduces him into taking a job. Okay. So she tells him, hey, like the, the classic trope that they lean on is that like the abusive husband is cheating and, you know, if she can just get the right evidence, then she can file for a divorce and get get the part of the estate that she deserves. Sure. And Jason Statham finds her beautiful. He's a sucker for beauty. And he says, sure. So he's you, Domino. She, her name is Star Ladlow. Oh, man. You really got a lot of (laughs) names on the... (laughs) Yeah, going all in on the names today. Is, Is this set in, like, 50s London? Yeah, everyone's British. Okay. Because the, your two actors, I think, are both British so far. They are. Okay. And Jason Statham sets out to find Star Ladlow's cheating husband. So he, he pulls up, talking into a voice recorder, mm-hmm. sort of narrating everything he does in this like pulpy noir style. Loving it. Um, starts to narrate, right? As he pulls into this sort of industrial complex, and he's a little bit confused because why would this guy be cheating on his wife in an industrial complex? Not the most central <clears throat> place. Uh. So as he pulls up, Star herself taps on the window. And then he rolls it down. She slips some little package into the window. He opens it up. Wham, it's sleeper gas. He's out cold. Oh, oh damn. No. <clears throat> it was a trap. It was a trap. He all wakes along. up in prison. Oh my god, not again. He's behind the bars. And his private investigating partner, Reggie Spector, is now. Ask there. about him. We haven't heard anything about him yet. He is played by Daniel Kalua from Get Out, main character nice. in Get Out. Awesome. Also British. Um, also he's the younger, rhino but guy he's, in... he's younger and kind of his uh, Jason Statham's protege. Right. Sure, yeah, he's yeah. learning the ropes, and Jason Statham tells him what happened. And Reggie Spector is like, man, you're in deep shit. You are the only person at the scene. This industrial warehouse blew up. Oh, my God. Uh... You were caught with bomb-making equipment in your car. I know you didn't do this, but I don't know how we're going to clear your name. And Jason Statham's like, well, you got to try. So (laughs) he doesn't just give up at that point. You know, he he (laughs) thinks about it. He's like, I could just distance myself from you, Domino, take his name off the the business and and go about my life. But Reggie's not that kind of guy. He's not that kind of guy. So he quickly discovers Star Ladlow, not a real name. Oh, no. There is no Star Ladlow. Oh. 
She's a character. But the thing is, the warehouse that was blown up is Rand McNally. Oh, the makers of, makers of globes, round globes. <laughs> oh my God, Luke! I know what you're doing. I know Fuck. what you're doing, Luke. And Star Ladlow. If you mix oh, those no. letters around, you get World Atlas. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> Luke, you may have stolen my idea, <laughs> but go on. It's okay. We can have two flat Earth conspiracy theory pitches. <laughs> So here's the thing. Ever since globes started coming about, sales of flat maps and atlases, they're just not there. No one wants a flat depiction of the Earth anymore. I'm pretty sure they sold them all to old-timey classrooms, and then after that point, like, nobody else wanted it. What, what I mean, possible what? use could you have? How are you going to use, an, like, a flat atlas? That doesn't make any goddamn sense. <laughs> I know, and that's why Rand McNally sales were booming. <laughs> so I'm pretty well. Never mind. I'll leave that out. Go ahead. The thing is, um, Reggie Specter doesn't start to to piece things together until he starts to see flyers surfacing. This underground movement, like, come to these meetings about the flat Earth, right? Um. So he starts, like, going to these underground meetings and seeing how this movement is rising up. And eventually he starts talking to the leaders of these meeting meetings, and um, he finds his way back to Star Ladlow. Okay. Turns the, out... The, the woman formerly known as Star Ladlow? Yeah. Turns out she's a part of the... Ran or the World Atlas family, the family that owns that business. <gasps> is she a uh, McNally or is she a Rand? Well, Rand McNally is their their arch rival because they make the globes. Oh, oh. oh wait, wait, wait. I I just I just I need something cleared up. <laughs> just a second. So, this is in 1950s London. Yeah, and you're saying previously people bought a lot of two-dimensional atlases <laughs> because they thought the world was flat. No. no. Nobody knew that the... Nobody thought the world was flat. Because who in their... I mean, that's the fucking... Oh, but it's a two-pronged incident. So first, they're the destroying the globe industry. Second, they're making people believe that the Earth is flat because <laughs> it will help with sales. Oh, And okay. stave off right. any, any globe companies from rising up in the future. <laughs> All right. Here I was thinking, like, there was a new revelation in your movie universe that the world was round, and now everybody's like, oh, okay, well, we need, like, an accurate depiction here. <laughs> Booming globe industry, and then, okay, this makes a lot more sense to me now. <laughs> yeah. So, the movie's going to end with <laughs> the... Uh, the World Atlas people, uh -huh. they invite a bunch of um, flat earthers, these new flat earthers, into this gigantic hot air balloon. And they're going to go <laughs> rise up to the heights that hot air balloons can bring you and take a picture to prove that the Earth is flat. <laughs> so, Reggie Spector's going to infiltrate... 
the hot air balloon. And he's going to do battle with, um, I guess I need to give her a new name because she's no longer Star Ladlow. Any suggestions there? You should just call her Jessica Rabbit. Yeah, Jessica Rabbit. Perfect. (laughs) Um, She's an incredibly good fighter, highly skilled and trained from the Marvel Universe, so it's going to be quite the battle. Can she have, like, dual knives or something, like, badass like that? Like, like, um, holstered in her, her ankles or whatever? Yes. I think okay, but why stop also, at dual? <laughs> she has quad knives. Octo knives. She has knives just all the way up her legs. <laughs> she keeps on losing lo- knives. They keep on falling out of the air balloon, and so she just has to constantly hitch her dress up a little bit more to get the, the next <laughs> layer of knives out. I think that she should also use a... I mean, I guess she'd be constrained a little bit by being in the in the basket of a hot air balloon, but she should be using leg cannon moves every once in a while, as popularized by the <laughs> classic game Luguru. You're exactly. not wrong, Jacob. You're not wrong. <laughs> she should be doing that nonstop. So Spectre has snuck a shitload of parachutes onto this hot air balloon with him. That's some good forward thinking. And his plan is to knock Jessica Rabbit unconscious, much like she had knocked out Jason Statham. Oh. Except she won't wake up in prison. She's going to wake up frozen in outer space. Oh, my oh. God. So, so she's not going to wake up at all. He frees, or not frees, but he straps up all of the, uh, the sheeple the flat earthers who have just willingly gotten onto this hot air balloon to, to see that the earth was flat from above. Um, they all parachute to safety and she just continues ascending to her death. And the last shot of the movie is her slowly slipping out of consciousness, looking down, seeing that the earth is indeed not flat, uh, and surrounded by giant ice cliffs, but, (laughs) <laughs> that yep that's that's the ending you just see the globe yeah. and then maybe that that there'll be a graphic match where the outer space globe will turn into a globe that's sitting in the office of oh, specter and domino and then oh, it will pan man. back out and jason statham will be there again oh my god that's incredible I was going to say that my my one critique of this movie is that you introduced Jason Statham as like maybe the main character and then just had him sitting in a prison cell for the rest of the movie. But if he came back for that last scene and you shot that uh, exactly as you described, I think it would make it all worth it. Yeah, I think we would need to use him more, though. Like there will be scenes where Spectre comes to visit him and they sort of hash through files together. Sure. In in the prison waiting room or whatever. His first kind of like getting older, sort of non-physical role, you know. Yeah, you could have you could have the 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 climax like take place right uh, outside the jail cell where he's staying, and like it'll just pan back and forth between what's going on in the in the hot air balloon and like Jason Statham down below, just looking out the window being like, yeah, get it, get it. <laughs> yeah. He'll be yeah. shadow boxing against his own octo knifed invisible foe. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, and he'll see so much for himself in young Reggie. And have you guys such a proud uh, partnership together? The, um, have you guys seen the documentary Beyond the Curve on Netflix? I've been meaning to watch it because I've heard that it's hilariously stupid. Because this is this is why I thought Luke, you guys were all all down with this idea, is because you had just seen it. But I I, I watched no, I it a couple. Of, seen it. I watched it a couple of weeks ago, and I h- could not recommend it more highly. It's extremely right. extremely entertaining. I'm definitely going to watch it. I will watch that if you watch Infinity War. Will. Yes, I will watch Which Infinity you, War. You promised in next... me that you would. Yeah, I've been having a real some real sleep issues, so I, I ended up going to bed earlier than I was planning. But I will I will do that in the next week for you, Jacob. All right, all right. Well, can we ship my film? Absolutely. Yes. yes. Can we ship put it, it in a, a balloon and send it balloon. outside of this round world? Absolutely. Uh, flipping lootly. Um, yes. Well, this uh, your your pitch actually leads kind of nicely into into mine. If you're if you're ready for another pitch, I'm ready. I'm, I th- I think I think I can do it. Yeah, think you could do, do another one. All right. Yeah, yeah. Um, we usually do three, right? Yeah. Okay. Let, I'd let's say do it. on average we do three, maybe slightly less than three. <laughs> There's one outlier yeah. episode that well. Also, we, sometimes we Will's, Will's pitches are barely pitches. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, sometimes we're lucky to get three. <laughs> Technically, we get three every time. Uh, so my pitch is not flat Earth related, but it is uh, related a bit to outer space. Um, one of my favorite conspiracy theories. I'm just gonna. Well, you know what? No, I'm not gonna tell you at the beginning. I'm just gonna tell you where the film opens. So the film opens uh, at a ranch near Roswell, New Mexico, in 1947. All right, I see where you're going here. the uh, the The sky is beautiful. It's a dark night, starry night. Uh, your average 1947 style night in the southwestern United States, uh, panning around the ranch, getting a nice look at everything. Then we look to the sky and we see some kind of, uh, shall we call it an unidentified object uh, that sure. is not flying yeah. but falling. So it is. Huh. It is a UFO, so, I guess you would call it. Yeah, sure. An yeah, I mean everybody calls falling uh, object. Yeah, right? everyone calls that a UFO. Is it a whammo a, frisbee? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think a frisbee had been patented by then, so it was maybe a, a prototype. That's yeah. that's a story for another pitch, though. Back in the day, uh, they were just called floppy disks. This, this is not this is not the floppy disk origin conspiracy story. Uh, it is instead a story about Roswell. So uh, this 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 object comes crashing down to Earth. Uh, that's kind of the, the, the first few minutes of the film is this is a really, you know, a really heavy CGI, uh, but old timey looking, uh, spaceship crash. Uh, you see it off in the distance, you know, at first you see it and it looks like it's just a, a meteor, a nice, beautiful Mm -hmm. shooting star. And you're like, Oh, that's nice. It's a shooting star. Uh, but then it gets bigger and bigger and eventually crashes into the ground in a, a burning pile of, uh, metal. Oh boy. So that's not so good. Um, but 
as we're watching, we see that they, there are some figures uh, that start crawling out of this, this crash site. Describe them, please. Um, they look humanoid. Could they be little and green? They're not little. They are green. Uh, but they're humanoid, roughly human size, uh, in some kind of a, a space suit. Um, and they scurry away into the barn at this ranch. Um, and soon enough, uh, government vehicles are showing up and this turns into a whole big thing. You know, people are, uh, people are a little bit confused as to what has happened because this, this craft has fallen out of the sky. Um, and there is what seems to be, uh, some kind of green exoskeleton left behind. Uh Oh, and so are we, are we to believe that underneath that green exoskeleton is a more flesh looking skeleton flesh? You know what? I I think that's, that's left up to the viewer's imagination because you see that get, uh, get picked up and carted off. Um, and we go to the lab where they have this this uh, sort of exoskeleton thing, and they're researching it. And as it turns out, there's not there's not any organic matter in it. There's not a body in it. It's just kind of this exoskeleton, and it's very shiny. Uh, it looks <laughs> it looks complex, uh, but we're we're not really not quite sure what it is. We're in the shoes of the scientists that have recovered this, in that we don't we don't really know we don't really know what the deal is. It looks very out of place in 1947 New Mexico, but we're not totally sure what it is. Uh, so the scientists keep doing tests. They are hilariously and old-timeedly confused about all this. Uh, news starts going out that this has happened, and it, it turns into this whole big deal, as it did when it happened. Uh, this is actually a, a, it's a true story. You may have heard what? of it. <laughs> it's what? Called, it's called the Roswell Incident. Yeah. <laughs> for for people like Will out there who are connecting the dots. <laughs> whoa, whoa, okay. So, all right. I, I was running out of yarn. Uh-huh. So thanks for putting that together for me because I got just like a bunch of thumbtacks. I've, I've ruined my whole wall here. Yeah, I'm going to have to go get some spackle to patch that back up again. But and in, in thank Will's you. defense, you only said the name Roswell like... Two or three times, like so. maybe maybe a half dozen times. It's true. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Well, I just thought you were talking about a, a pleasant resort town in New Mexico. You know, I, I didn't. <laughs> like I didn't so realize many, I, like so many I small towns in New Mexico. I hadn't thought about that other, you know, sordid tale about it. No, it's it's actually not a coincidence that it has the same name as the Roswell incident. All right, because this, what I'm pitching, is the true story of the Roswell incident. Uh, a nationwide panic. Uh, you see newspaper headlines from all over the place. Check it out, guys. We found some aliens at Roswell, New Mexico. <gasps> there is a spaceship crash. We found this weird exoskeleton thing, but they don't call it that because they're old-timey people. So they're like, we're pretty sure this is a, like a shriveled-up alien skin. <laughs> um, and what people, ho, chaps? <laughs> what, what, what ho? Uh, My, there's a moon man, and he has some sort of bone structure sitting in my laboratory. 
Well, you've just Zounds. Been, you you've just been cast as the uh, the number one radio broadcaster of 1947 in my film. Congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> uh, so we see this we see we see this story spread around the country. Uh, you know, this is all this is all going on. Everybody's confused. Everybody has their own theories about it. But uh, you know, everybody they're sure that it's it's moon men. It's some it's some it's some little space people who've come come to Earth uh, from a faraway place. So all this hubbub is happening, and then after a while, we go back to this barn. Now, if you'll recall, very early on in my pitch, I mentioned that there were some humanoid. Uh, humanoid figures that scurried off into this barn. Yeah. Yeah. I was kind of wondering when they would come back. Well, they didn't come back. They more just stayed there uh, because they were a little bit like at the very least kind of concussed and with some whiplash after that big old crash that they were in. So they've been healing up in this barn. Uh, the scientists, being the single-minded folks that they were, uh, didn't bother to check the barn. <laughs> You'd think that they might. Uh, but no, they didn't because they were just so excited about this discovery that they didn't. And so it's like a week later. We go back to this. What do they look like now after a week? Well, here's the thing, Luke. They've got overalls and like some corn hats (laughs) on. They've just picked up farming really quickly. You're not too far off, Will, in in all actuality. Oh, I was Um, just joking. There's no, there's no real good way to to hide this reveal anymore. So they're people? They're they're just they're just regular human people. Oh. But they're not actually that regular. Cuz they're not just your regular they, 1947 people. Is it because they don't have belly buttons like Kyle XY? These two are Kyle and Kylie XY. <laughs> oh. Belly buttonless clones. Those freaks. Those freaks. <laughs> I have a feeling that's not what they actually that's are. That's not what they actually are. I was yanking I was yanking the old chain will. Um what they are actually though is humans from the future. Okay. Oh. So, we find out that they are they're they're just your uh your regular Joe and Jane uh from the year 2150. Uh, and in the year 2150, uh, they have perfected the art of sending people back in time using space DeLoreans. Yes. Uh, um, and so, yeah, it kind of makes sense. Like to achieve that level of speed, you probably want to go into outer space. It it was totally unrealistic in back to the future. I mean, 88 miles per hour, get real. People do 88 miles an hour all the time and they rarely go back in space. Probably people driving DeLoreans go 88 miles an hour regularly. I mean, as in my understanding of the movie, that's the claim that they were making, is that if you ever go 88 miles an hour, you go back in time. Ridiculous. It was just, a, it was just one giant long, like commercial for DeLoreans, and that was all it was. Pretty much, And actually. it worked out. That's why three quarters of the cars on the road are DeLoreans. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And as it turns out, in the future... Three quarters of the cars, the flying cars that they have, and the cars that they have in space are made by the DeLorean company. And it actually turns out that there was some truth to the science that they put into that movie. But they made the classic, classic mistake. Can they you didn't guess? carry the zero. They didn't carry the zero. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't carry that zero. How many times be- do I have to tell you to carry the zero? 
So wait, they need Man. to go 880 miles per hour? They need to go 880 miles an hour of in a space DeLorean to go back in time. And so they've done this. And there's Folks actually... always carry the zero. At the, we cannot stress enough. I've, I know I've said this before on the podcast, but please, for the love of God, carry those zeros. We could have people going back in space right now if the producers of Back to the Future had, buried, had bothered to check the math, but they haven't. And now we could we're have just 1,010 Dalmatians, goddammit. Oh my god! We could have almost 10 times as many Dalmatians instead of just like 102 Dalmatians, 103 Dalmatians. What were they thinking? <sighs> uh, anyway, Jacob, where does this go? <laughs> enough about the Dalmatian movies. Uh, so, so we catch up with these two uh, in the... In the barn, and we find out that they're space people, and really the exoskeletons that they're wearing, where they're they're just their spacesuits. They're just their green spacesuits. They look a little scaly because that's a fashion of the time. <laughs> um, so so uh, they're just normal people. <laughs> I mean, sure, they're wealthier than your, your average person because you know it is a it's a thing that people do. It's not something that literally everybody can do because not everybody can afford it. Yeah, but rich future folks are people too. Rich future folks, and hey, in this society that we live in right now, rich folks—they're people. They may have nicer stuff. I guess they the may question is: though, speak with a strange affect. What's the question? Luke? Why would rich people want to go back in time? And well, the reason that they want to go back in time, and this is the real, really where the conspiracy theory comes in. At this point, I'll just, I'll, I'll, I'll kind of tell you what the inspiration was for this. One of my Jacob's f- going to blow this wide open. <laughs> I'm going to blow everybody's minds and perceptions <laughs> of the universe wide open right now. One of the favorite conspiracy theories that I've ever read was in a, a thread of wholesome conspiracy theories. <laughs> and uh, it is that uh, all of the UFO sightings that uh happened in the past were real uh but what they really were were travelers from the future who just wanted to come back on sightseeing expeditions uh. and see what it, the world looked like back in the day and the reason that we don't hear about them as much anymore i mean there certainly are people out there who still believe or you know there are reports of of ufos all the time but they're not as big news a big of news as they are as they once were let me see if i can get through this sentence because uh, there's so many more cameras everywhere, and so people have, one, are more wary of coming back in time because there's a bigger likelihood of them getting caught and exposing this whole thing. And two, people already know what the world looks like today because people are literally always filming oh, sure, themselves, yeah. and you know everything is, everything is on the internet. Oh, fuck, that's really True, airtight. Yeah. And it's, now it's, we, it's, we're at the advent of um, 360 video, VR, so... Yeah, it all, people don't it all even have up. to. Yeah, people don't even have to hack into our webcams from the future anymore because they can already see what our filthy hovels look like. <laughs> Jacob, I just want to let you know that you really peeled my curtain back. I'm. I hope that's not a gross euphemism. Um, <laughs> and- <laughs> really peeled off my scaly spacesuit. <laughs> My curtain is wide back now because okay. of you, Jacob. I still feel like that's something dirty. You really parted yeah. the drapes. It's, all of this sounds dirty. Maybe I just have a dirty mind. Uh, but, yeah, get your mind out of the gutter, Jacob. In the uh, in, in the interest of keeping this this short, basically what we get from that point on is we get kind of a flash forward into the back or 
I'm not going to say back to the future because that's <laughs> trademarked, even though we've said it a bunch of times. We go forward into the future and we see we see the lives that these guys lived and we see the, the their friends and family who are wondering what happened to them. You know, they went on this this supposedly safe uh, to the past exploration mission and they've been missing for a while. Um, oh. So it's a real bummer. Uh, really, just a, a real bummer for them. But... Fortunately, these are two resourceful uh, time travelers. So, while the world is still reeling and still wondering about what was going on, they take it upon themselves to, in this barn, where still nobody is checking what's going on, they built themselves a a new space DeLorean. Ah. And uh, we get kind of like a a retro Wright Brothers uh, montage from them, of them trying out all these these various space... uh, space contraptions that they've built like they make one with flapping wings and it's just <laughs> it's just hilarious we we laugh at their at their dumbness um but eventually they they find a way they build they find uh i really i don't know how they would but they find a way to to recreate the delorean from the future that they uh that they had originally come to earth in or come back to 1947 in and in a very uplifting and full of swelling string music way, uh, moment, they they take off, zip zap zappity do, um, and wait a second. <laughs> and they're in the future. <laughs> yeah, I didn't think that part through. Scrap that entire idea. What they decide, they they try that for a little while and realize that they can only go further back in time <laughs> because the technology for going forward in time hasn't happened or hasn't been discovered yet. Wait, so they, they go back to Mongolia? <laughs> they came back in time knowing that they could never go to the future again? No. You're you're right, Luke. That didn't happen. That didn't happen. There was technology on their ship that would have allowed them to do that. So but, why don't they just break into Area 51 and take it back? They look like people. Who's going to stop them? Ooh, you got a heist movie. Yeah, turn Luke, that shit into a heist movie. Luke, you, you made my idea so much better. This is, uh, and was all along, a setup for a brilliant heist movie. <laughs> they, they, how about they've got like a... They, they've, they've made most of the shit, but it can only go back in time, and they need some component called like the, the Klux... Grabasiter or something that yes allows them to go forward in time again allows them to go forward in time without breaking copyright laws. Okay, um, but yes, one- they need the crux glapacator, and so <laughs> they use their the intellect, not even necessarily intellect, but just the the knowledge that they have from having lived in the in the future to devise just a really great heist plan. So they got all these blueprints. Uh, they're using horse dung to to make like maps and stuff <laughs> in this barn, uh, which has become it's become like a home to them. It's, At one point, they're like, "Oh, I forgot to carry the zero. We actually need pig poop." <laughs> <laughs> yes, they like us know to carry the zero, and they decide not to make the same mistake that's been made so many hundreds. Excuse me, I forgot to carry the zero thousands of times before. <laughs> See what I did there? I did. That was very well done, Jacob. So yeah, they, they do this heist, and they, they get the part back. Um, and along the way, they learn to appreciate these people that uh, they came back in time to see. They thought of them as just primitive folk uh, who were living in a, in a pre-internet, pre 
pre-smartphone, pre-drone, pre-flying car. Pre- <laughs> These guys don't even know what memes are, man. <laughs> that's Yeah, that's the yeah. hardest thing of all for them. They have to go this entire time without a single meme. So They, uh, they thought they were just people who lived among pig shit, but then they realized <laughs> that pig shit has value. One, pig shit has value, and, and two, barns are really not where people live. Like, they're regular <laughs> houses, too. Initially, they, they were using the pig shit just because they missed shit posting so much. But. <laughs> but they realized that it could be used to draw maps as well. So, yeah, they they execute this, this thrilling heist. Uh, real sneaky-like. Real great. Uh, they, but they decide, you know, we're going to leave behind a little something, Uh <laughs> for these scientists <laughs> after we take this important piece of machinery away from them. And uh I don't know. <laughs> what do they decide to leave behind? I think a copy of Back to the Future would be good. They leave behind <laughs> I'll I'll do you one better. They uh they leave behind a copy, a record copy of the song Johnny Be Good. Which is the real way that the song Johnny Be Good was first written. Not oh, the way man. that it was uh, described as Wait, being being what? thought up in Brack to the When future. did that come out? So not, not for a while. Out. Okay. <laughs> no. <laughs> Pretty sure that came out sometime in the fifties. They they hit it and left some scavenger hunt clues because they really they wanted everybody to have a good time. This is a feel good movie. <laughs> yeah. I feel like there've there've been a, they grew a number of non feel good movies. They grew as people because they one came to appreciate the the people that they were living amongst and also just you know, they realized that the most important thing in life is to is to just have fun. <laughs> yeah, that's beautiful. Let's uh, and to get back to your and then, your native and, and time. Then, and then they then they get back. Yeah, then they got back to their native time, and uh, their friends and families were happy to see them, and everybody lived happily ever after, knowing a little bit more about the world and with a greater appreciation of the world of two hundred years before. As an homage to. Futurama. Uh-huh. Oh, yes. The 20th anniversary where, of which just happened, by the way. There's an episode where they go to Roswell. and That's right, they do! Fry they, has sex with yeah. a woman there and becomes his own grandfather. Right. He, he finds out that he's his own grandfather. He has <laughs> sex with a woman and later finds out that it's grandma. Could that be looped into your movie somehow? Yes, definitely. They'll make some basically friends. just asking you to plagiarize Matt Groening there. Uh-huh. You know, one day there'll be a barn dance <laughs> in their barn. Uh, and they, they have to they have to just mix in with the with the people who are living there. And one of them just there's this instant uh, animal like attraction <laughs> and they end up bumping some uglies. And <laughs> it, for one thing they learn that uh People, people in 1947 were, were wild sexually, uh, and also <laughs> they figure out much of their horror that it's a it's an ancestor of theirs. They're like, you know, back where I come from, a hoedown means something very different. <laughs> uh, well, this is complete. There's yeah. nothing more that could be added yeah. or subtracted from this film. Presented uh, in a very confusing and non chronological way, but I think. Somewhere in there was a fully fleshed out story. I checked out your whole work and I see nearly a place where you didn't carry the zero. Let's, so uh, I let's ship it. Pig ship it. Let's. let's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
All right, Willie. We're on All a right. roll. We're on a roll this episode. We've had we've had two we've had- pretty satisfactory pitches so far. Seriously, the the pressure has never been higher. <laughs> okay, so we have uh, a beautiful uh, couple of picture book story authors. The wife does the the text. The husband does the illustrations. Man, those nice. are relationship goals if I've ever heard of them. Yes, they're just the cutest old couple, and they they live How back in they? the. Well, so they're like you know probably in their fifties or something, but this is also way back in in the day. I'm I'm not going to specify a decade. It's just way back in the day, guys. Back, okay. back when Roll getting to it. fifty was a chore. Back when uh, <laughs> a hoedown was something else entirely. <laughs> sure. Uh, so this uh, this uh, happy family, uh, not really a f- well, a couple, a couple ship. Uh, they're they're the Berensteins. Oh. And they they've decided to make this this uh, titular cast of of a family. Will you dog? Uh, and the, the, this they've Will they've made bear? this 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 family of bears that learn all sorts of familial lessons. Oh man! Now, uh, Will, Will, I, I hate to stop you, but could you say that name one more time? So they're called the Berensteins. The Berensteins. The Berensteins. Okay. The Berensteins. Okay. Right. Yeah. Because they're the the front of their name sounds like bear so they were like yeah let's make a family of bears that learn a bunch sure. of familial lessons you sure. know Beautiful. Susie makes a mess okay but then we learn to clean up after ourselves and to not be so harsh toned with your children or whatever you know <laughs> you know i and, i remember reading a bunch of these books will yeah and i actually liked them quite a bit and recently though maybe you'll get into this but i I've, think he's I've gonna get they, into this they took quite a turn maybe you could explain that oh i don't okay Go ahead. Well, I- so <laughs> here's the thing. Here's the thing about the Berensteins. I'm really right. interested to see how you make a movie out of this because I know which conspiracy theory you're you're referencing, but uh go on. Okay. So they discover <laughs> that <laughs> <laughs> they discover that peanut butter if mixed in just the right way i have no idea where this is going can cure cancer <laughs> that sounds great that's that's a great development all right that's and they're like amazing oh, development fuck they're like god damn i'd never swear cuz i make a lot of children's novels but like fuck on a stick, this is amazing. We've solved cancer, right? It's great. And we've got this great platform because we've got this uh, beloved series of children's books. Um, so could you, could you tell gonna, me the name one more time? The Berenstein Bears. Gotcha. Gotcha. Right? Yeah. Okay. Yep. So they decide. <laughs> They're like, they're like, oh man, cancer is becoming a real epidemic. You know, this is way back in the day. People used to die of botulism and dysentery and stuff. And now they're dying of cancer all the time because life expectancies have raised and public health has gotten better. But yeah. cancer is like kind of the, the new disease that everybody's dying of. And, and so, but, but it, luckily they've solved a cure for it in peanut butter. Mixed, right? with, mixed with something else. Butter. Mixed in too. just the right way. They it requires many um many calculations, none of which you have to forget to carry the zero because then you're fucked, right? Right. So anyway, 
they're like, okay, we're going to market this peanut butter. We're like, okay, you're, you're, you'll be cancer-free in a jiffy. <laughs> so we're going to make this peanut butter called Jiffy. Okay? Are they actually? Okay. Okay. Yeah. All yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're like, J- Jiffy is this peanut butter, right? Yes. And we, the Berenstein Bears people. <laughs> the authors of Berenstein Bears. The authors oh, of Berenstein Bears are going to make this peanut butter called Jiffy. Right. And and they make it and it it catches on and we have like this great sort of uh we have this great montage where it's coming out of the factory and people are just dolloping it on their tongues and getting cure of cured of cancer and um and everything's going really great but then the US fucking government gets involved. Oh, Man, they, they always, always do. do that. They're just oh, the, the worst. F- the fucking government, right? Suddenly they're like there's there's a burst on their door and and a, a, a fucking old-timey SWAT team just crashes <laughs> through. Jesus. They've got, you know, they've got funny little bobby clubs, but otherwise they're basically just a normal <laughs> SWAT Are team. Are they all going hop 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 hop? <laughs> yes, yes. You know, uh-huh. and 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 so uh, they wake up in a cell and they're like and then you you get sort of like the evil monologue from from Agent Smith who comes in, <laughs> played he, by Hugo he, Weaving he, or no? Played, oh, uh, played by Keanu Reeves. Oh, oh, dang! What a twist! And he comes in. Yeah, I know. I've got I got twists in this you one. Got twists on twists, and you haven't uh, even gotten to the greatest twists yet. So he comes in and he's like, "Listen." <laughs> He's gonna be. T- he's gonna talk like Amer- like Hugo Hugo Weaving, Weaving trying to do an American accent. Um, he'll be like, "Listen, folks, I you've struck upon something that it's not in the interest of the U.S. government. You see, because we need to start a lot of colonialist wars. You see." And and and, and 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 we just really need cancer in our society to oh. to 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 blame it on the communists. Bastards. I know where you said so, this, but they're they're just the worst. And so they're like the opposite of Caroline. Hashtag not my government. Not my <laughs> not my GOVT. And so, so basically, here's where I stand, okay? And you guys can maybe help me out with this one. But uh-huh. what I, by the end of the movie, I need to get to a point where <laughs> the U.S. government has convinced all of America that Jiffy Peanut Butter is not actually Jiffy peanut butter. It's Jif peanut it's butter. Jif. And it and it doesn't actually solve cancer. It's it, just delicious and sugary. It's just, it's just delicious and sugary, right? And also, <laughs> the beloved bear family is not the Berenstein bears, but it's actually the Berenstain bears. The Berenstain bears. bears. The Berenstain bears never existed, you see. Don't look it up. It didn't they never existed. Oh my god. And so they get basically dis- this is going to I mean, it's just going to have to be a real downer of an ending because basically this <laughs> beloved couple who makes beautiful bear 
they're going to be they have uh, to die in prison because the secret can never come out but then they're going to be they're going to be replaced by lizard people (laughs) (laughs) who are named baron stain okay so you got two very innocuous conspiracy theories in the uh Mandela effect thing of everybody thinking it's the Berenstein Bears and Jiffy instead of Jiff peanut butter, but the the lizard people thing really that threw me for a loop. Well, it feels like that's how they get you. It feels like it was kind of just shoehorned in at the very end. I've got a really good idea. So (laughs) what happens is a the Shack film Shazam going to be mentioned at all? Oh yeah, (laughs) most definitely. That will yeah. maybe save that for the sequel because that came out later. You could do a whole sequel of these yeah, motherfuckers, a whole series. but because like, um, so so definitely not Hugo Weaving, uh, Keanu Reeves, right? Like at the very end of this devilish monologue, as as he's card- carting off our beloved Baron Steens to now is like the gulag or whatever. It's been very unclear for this whole pitch. Are they called the Baron Steens, or is that just the yes. name of their series? That's the name. That's their name, and it's the name of their series. Because okay. I, I'm pretty sure that if you look on Wikipedia now, <laughs> after this whole thing has gone down, the authors of the Berenstain Bears are named Berenstain. Uh, uh, but anyway, I I didn't know. I legitimately didn't know that they were not spelled B E A R. Well, that's not the the conspiracy part of it. The conspiracy part is Baron Steen versus Baron Stain. So you 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 brought a whole new level into this conspiracy theory, Luke. Oh, okay. Also, listen to the names of the authors of these this book and tell me that they're not like completely made up. Their names are Stan and Jan Baron Steen. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, so so also, Keanu's name. Sorry, go on. I thought that this was going to be about how. It's actually like a super religious book series. <laughs> and I like most people had no clue until they got older. Uh, is that okay, a thing too? Oh, okay, I'll I'll weave this in. All right. I'll I'll Hugo weaving this in. So Yeah, did you know that it's a really religious series? Or no, no? I, I read those books all the time when I was little, and A, I thought they were called Berenstein, and B, I thought it was all about just like them going on picnics and being nice to each other. So as 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 Keanu, or as yeah, as the Berensteins are being sh- shipped off to like the Gulag or or in- indefinite detention or right. wh- wherever they're going, right? It's not it's not actually explained in the movie because it's so horrible, you know, right? Um, like Keanu, who's gonna his name is gonna be like Dan. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. In the in the in the movie, he'll he'll like he'll like kind of lick his lips and it'll be like a lizard tongue a kind of flicking tongue out flicking there out. it'll be like very voldemorty you and know lick his eyeballs yeah exactly and then and then you'll realize oh shit the government is the lizard people <laughs> okay and they and they have this like ability they have this like nagini like ability <laughs> i think nagini can do this shit where they can like brainwash people into into but like they can't fully like compel people to do their will or anything like that they can just sort of selectively edit their memories but just uh, like very 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 selectively you know for some reason though like changing jiffy to jiff makes them forget about the whole cure for cancer thing so in this in the world of your movie does jiff the new peanut butter still actually cure cancer 
No, 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 okay. no, no. Because they need. This is the whole point of the government right. cover up. Is like they need cancer to scare the Americans about the communists, right? And also to to push their their socialist ideas on healthcare in the modern age. <laughs> yeah, they've they've had a real ideological flip in the in recent. No, I would years. I would disagree because I would say that they would need cancer to still be a thing, so that the. Oh wait, uh, no, no, you're you're totally right. Well, at any rate, <laughs> let's not get into politics here. Let's not, this is <laughs> not a political podcast. Uh, so, like, the point is, um, what's the point here? Where am I going with this? The point. Oh of yeah. This- so that so all the lizard people they they have names like Jan and Dan and Stan and stuff, <laughs> uh-huh. and they they uh, they brainwash America. And it's just a bummer of a film. It's a bummer you know? of a I mean, film. Yeah. No, I've just yeah. It's not much of a film. I mean, I, I need to figure out ways of like making it actually work as a three arc narrative or whatever. But like, you know, I th- I think you got it all there. Yeah, I, all the pieces are there. It'll you could have itself. some good chase scenes. <laughs> have some chase scenes? Did you say? Yeah. Could it be one nonstop chase scene? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Kind of like apocalypto style, but I have not seen that film. But instead of being yes. set in in a, like a Mayan village, it can be set in just a, a folksy 1950s U.S. town. Sure, yeah. All right, um, that concludes. Jacob, you have to go, don't you? Uh, I don't. I mean, I don't have to, but yes, I do have to go. Um, so let's ship that. Let's ship it. Why not? <laughs> nice. <laughs> I mean, you know, I ship it. Uh, we, we all I, I ship that. The I think dang that thing. We're, we're all just kind of stunned that we had three pretty rock solid pitches. <laughs> Are we getting better at this? We might be getting better at this. You or, know what? I think or we're like our good. standards just getting a lot lower. <laughs> that is much more likely. But you know what you can do, listeners? You can let us know. You can email us at pitchhunt, info at pitchhunt.org or one of us individually at jacob at pitchhunt.org j-a-k-o-b at pitchhunt.org will at pitchhunt.org w-i-l-l at pitchhunt.org <laughs> luke at pitchhunt.org and you can figure out how to spell that also we're on social at pitch underscore hunt and our website is pitchhunt.org thanks for listening yeah hey guys yes stay pitchy yeah stay pitchy stay pitchy it's, it's, it's a thing now <laughs> Will has has slowly turned that into a thing. <laughs> Stay pitchy out there, everybody. And most we importantly, we love you. I love you the most. I love not both that it's a contest, you. but I love both of you more than you love me. That's I love true. everything and everyone. Everyone loves everyone the same amount. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's just not true at all. <laughs> Bye-bye now.